Joanne had gastric bypass surgery. Four weeks later, she stopped losing weight. Has this happened to you? Why is it happening? Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell. Let's go beyond bariatric <laughs> surgery and talk about everything you need to move on. Joining me via Skype from the Gold Coast of Australia is Joanne Ballantyne. Joanne's a businesswoman who runs online training courses in the food industry. At 62, Joanne says she's lived her life on one diet or another with very little success. You can find out more about Joanne on our website, beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Just click on the podcast for her episode and then the show notes. Welcome to the podcast, Joanne. Hi, Dr. Susan. Thanks for having me. We're excited you're here. You know, Joanne, you shared with us that your weight was a problem from early in life on. Would you share your story? Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, I always thought I was overweight when I was younger, but in reality, I probably just was normal weight, but I hung around with stin stick insects. Uh, most of my friends were just really, really thin and very tall. Um, and when I was in, travelling in Malta when I was around 25, I got an unknown parasite in my bowel. And from that point on, I started putting on weight. Um, when I was 16, I had uh, lower back surgery. Then when I was 25, I had a car accident and I had a second surgery on my neck. Uh, um, My goodness. <laughs> it's been ongoing. Yeah, it's been, yeah, walking, you know, war wounded. But um, I've, I learned to re-walk and I've swum and, and that. But, you know, I was active as a child, but I still was not thin, which was always, I'd always wanted to be thin like my friend, around 80 kilos that time. Um, and okay, so and that's 100, I, um, for I, our US friends, I'm going to kind of interject, that's about yes. 175 pounds? So I had the operation, but it just seemed to cause more problems. And I had the staples removed in 2006, mm -hmm. and I had a lap band put in. Um, but then I had problems with the lap band that it slipped and corroded, and it made like a waistband in my stomach. So I ate very small meals Uh really since I was 35 so for 27 years I've eaten very small meals and obviously not weight putting on weight all the time and you know what's uh, interesting which is just frustrating yeah as, as I'm listening to you you really faced a lot Joanne as a young girl with spinal surgery and not walking for almost a year then you have your stomach stapled followed by a lap brand you were very brave to yet consider more surgery what made you think about a third surgery that's a really big decision well my surgeon uh when he'd taken the staples out, was concerned that I would put on more weight. And he, back three years ago, had uh, suggested the rue why. But when I looked at a lot of the statistics, at that, back three years ago, there was a 30% chance that something could go, go wrong. He said they weren't his figures, but they were worldwide figures. So I chose not to do it. I did put on weight. Um, and then... I went back to him last year. Okay. And he suggested that he could do the Amiga loop, which entails just one bowel joint. Okay. So there's less chance of a, a leakage. 
So then I had to schedule it in between travelling overseas for a couple of years and my niece and nephew both married. I thought, right, I have to schedule this. So I had it the 19th of April. Wow. So now let's mm. let's back up a little bit, Joanne, and talk about your weight and how you were feeling before and after the ban and then weight-wise and then that what ultimately led to that decision to have bypass? Because I know you said it corroded and it slipped. So would yes. you go back just a little bit and talk about your weight before and after and, and then where you were before you had the gastric bypass? And I may jump in with, uh, yep, that's pounds, fine. with pounds. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes you're like, okay. um, when I was When I had the lap band and I was in hospital, uh, because I'd also had the staples removed and they'd opened me, yeah, I had major surgery and I was in hospital for about a week. There was a lady in there for four days who lost nine kilos in hospital. I lost one kilo in nine days. Okay, or so about two pounds. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm sort of getting dejected even at that point. I did um, end up losing around, I think, 18 kilos. Okay, um, so 30, say about 40 pounds. Uh-huh. Yes, and I was training um, five times a week with a trainer and then I was swimming 20 laps, 20 Olympic pool-size laps five or six mornings a week back then. Okay, and so you I were pretty active fabulous. then. Yeah. yeah, I was still overweight, but mm -hmm. I'm really good. Um, but then uh, I injured um both my legs and so it really became inactive and the weight just kept going on and on and on what was Which, your weight when you had the, the band out do you remember what what what, what? i i a uh, hundred kilos okay so about 220 pounds and then did you go up more prior to having the loop the bypass Yes, I, I got up to 114 kilos. Okay, so close to 250. Mm. Okay. Now, mm. when you had the surgery, which really hasn't been that long ago, when did you notice that the bypass surgery just wasn't working well for you in terms of weight loss? Well, I, I am absolutely obsessed with weighing myself. Like I get up to go to the loo, I will weigh myself through the night. I'm totally obsessed. And I was noticing that, you know, I was told I should be losing a kilo a week and that just wasn't happening. It happened, I lost weight in the hospital when I was just on, you know, consume. Uh, but really once I started on eating real food, there was very, very little weight loss to, to now. It's just nothing. Okay, and then what did you do at that point when you realized you weren't losing uh, two pounds, about two pounds or a kilo a week? Well, when I checked in with my dietitian, Amanda Clark told her that I, I rang actually and said, look, I think there's a problem. And so I got an extra appointment, went in and saw her. And then Amanda suggested having a metabolism test to actually get a baseline of what my metabolism is doing at resting and then when I work out. Okay. And, you know, it's expected that you don't see quite the same weight loss pattern with a second or third bariatric surgery, but to plateau at only four weeks post-surgery must have been very disappointing for you, Joanne. 
Were there any other factors apart from a third surgery that you feel might be contributing to the slow or no loss? For example, sometimes you think of, okay, a thyroid problem or anything yeah. that limits your activity. I don't have any other problems like thyroid issues. I've had that tested over the years. But when I was in the rehab hospital, I did have a serious fall and ended up with 27 stitches in my eye and damaged my right knee, uh, which I'm having an MRI on on Monday because they wouldn't do it until I'd reached eight weeks. But that that is also a factor. I don't think it's a major factor, but, mm -hmm. there, it, you know, it is a factor. Of course, with activity level, no doubt. Mm. Well, I want to take a short break, but when we come back, Joanne will tell us about the test she had called indirect calorimetry, what she had to do, and where she goes from here. So don't you go anywhere. Explore the Australian way with portion perfection for bariatrics plates, bowls, visual guides, recipes, and more at beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Welcome back. Don't forget to subscribe to our Beyond Bariatric Surgery podcast on your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Do you need help? Go to beyondbariatricsurgery.com. We'll show you how. Also, check out the great online courses we offer you. They're also at beyondbariatricsurgery.com. You can surround yourself with positive ideas, like-minded people, and focus on a particular topic for six weeks or more. Great way to stay motivated, have the opportunity to speak directly with some of our experts via Facebook, via Facebook group. Actually, it's a lot of fun. There's a course starting soon. Could be just what you need. Where's the info? Beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Joining me via Skype from the Gold Coast of Australia is Joanne Ballantyne. Joanne had her stomach stapled, a gastric band insertion in 2006, band removal in 2012, Five years later, in 2017, gastric bypass. Four weeks after surgery, she stopped losing weight. Amanda Clark, who's also our content director, is her dietitian and sent her for a metabolism test performed by a physiotherapist, or in the States, we call them physical therapists. Joanne, before the break, you shared your frustration of not losing weight after surgery as you hoped. In fact, you, in fact, you said you were just weighing constantly, but you were so frustrated wanting to see that, that needle move, so to speak, or that, that digital uh, weight be different. So Amanda sent you for a metabolism test. Tell us about that test, what you had to do, and what you found out. Okay, well, the first test, is called a resting metabolism test. And I was hooked up to a machine with a mask over my face and I had to lay still but not fall asleep for 20 minutes. That was the difficult falling asleep. I can imagine. Then I think I second... would have wanted to take a little snooze. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Then the second test was an exercise metabolism test and usually they do it on a bike but because of my knee problem I had to start walking on a walking machine and the physiotherapist uh, built the speed up and then the incline and I was also um, hooked up to the machine with a mask. This test was for 14 minutes. Uh, at the I pulled the plug at 14 minutes. It was supposed to go for 15 but I was really tired and my crook knee had 
gone numb. So I thought, no, that's enough. He was able to get um, all the data he required. When I went back uh, two days later, uh, the physiotherapist went through each of the results. Uh, although not surprising to me, it has just been soul-destroying and I am so disappointed. Uh, my metabolism is extremely slow and I cannot lose weight with it being so slow. And I asked, oh, well, so will that take four to six weeks to correct? And I was given the news that it's 18 months to two years to yeah. correct. Yeah, I know that was hard to hear. Well, the mm. way this West, this test works, let's talk about it just for a minute, is that yeah. it's measuring how much of the oxygen you're breathing in is being converted then to carbon dioxide. So the cool thing is that the results can show you how many calories you are burning at rest, which is called your resting energy expenditure. Then the second test you had, Joanne, was an uh, what's called an exercise energy expenditure test. And this checks how things change when you're exercising. So as your heart rate increases and the test, which is really neat, also shows what type of fuel, such as fat or carbs, you're burning at these different levels of exertion. So it's really interesting. It's the type of test we use when things aren't adding up to try and understand why. What we sometimes see is that some people lose less weight when they're you know, slogging it out of the gym compared to they just went for a gentle daily walk. But we'll discuss this further. We have an expert coming on to talk about it in a, in a future episode. But Joanne, you said the results, and this really touched me when I read it, kind of destroyed your soul. They really yeah. got to you. What was your understanding of what this slow metabolism means to, to your body? Okay, well, the short version is that I need to build up more mitochondria. And mitochondria are in all cells. And eventually these mitochondria will burn more fat and I will have body uh, weight loss. Uh, my body burns 951 calories or 3,981 kilojoules per day instead of for a regular person sedentary because I'm at my desk at my computer most of the day. Uh, 1,142 calories or 4,777 kilojoules. Um, and if a person's lightly active, they should be burning 1,132 calories or 5,573 kilojoules. So mine only burning 951. It's slow. My right. resting metabolism um, is really needs work and it's preventing me from performing at my optimum. Uh, and this all, apart from gaining weight, it's also fatigue issues. And I always wondered why am I so tired? Um, my metabolism efficiency is in the lower 10% for a woman of my age. And the, my exercise fat burning ability is low. Yeah, exactly. Which all mm. of them, you know, it's okay. When we exercise, our body can take from our fat stores and from our blood sugar or blood glucose. So to lose weight, we want to use more of the fat stores when we exercise. And for some people, it just doesn't work so well. And this is what this test identifies. So how do you feel about the results and knowing the time frame that they talked about? 
I'm having a great deal of problem, a real problem, getting my head around it. Uh, I'm devastated and I'm just finding it really difficult to process the long time frame of 18 months to two years. I'm also really angry that I wasn't tested for this previously as I wouldn't have had the bariatric surgery. And I only heard about this test the afternoon prior to surgery. Wow, I can hear that this mm. test news was really disappointing for you. Yeah. On any level, do you feel pleased that the reason for your struggle has at least been identified now? Yes, I'm pleased to know because I've been accused of eating in my sleep. Um, being, uh, as one previous doctor said, you're not having any problems sidling uh, to the refrigerator, are you? So I now feel that I've got the evidence that I'm not a liar, that I do know what I'm eating um, and that I actually, there is an issue that needs to be fixed, really. You know, you mentioned that you would not have had the surgery had you known. Is the surgery... Mm a problem for the condition that the physio identified? Um, no. Um, I The way I look at the surgery, it's for people who have large meals and are unable to bring the size of their meals down. So it, this limits the intake and uh, calorie intake mm -hmm. of what they're eating. But, you know, there's another school of thought, well, at least I, I sh shouldn't put on weight. Uh, in this 18 months to two years, which that is one thing. So treatment, let's talk about what's going to happen as you work through this upcoming period of time. What treatment's been recommended or program? Okay. I think maybe a program yeah. is maybe a better yes. word, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I've had to buy a spin bike and I can't get a comfortable saddle, so I've got to uh, – I'm on to my third saddle um, – so three times a week, uh, I have to do a fat-burning ride, which is you've got to wear a heart monitor. And, and that's a good thing. I'm glad because it monitors yeah. what's going on with your heart. It's a safety. That's a very smart safety move. Yes. And so I ride flat out on the bike for 30 seconds and then just slowly pedal five minutes 30. And then I do another 30 seconds. And I have to have my heart rate between 106 and 115. And I have to repeat this uh, four times. And how is that and, going so far? Do you like oh, it? Well, I can't get to it. The saddle is too painful on my bottom. So I've got a pillow a gaffer taped on it at the moment, but mm -hmm. I'm only getting sort of doing it twice instead of four times because I just get too sore. Right. So you've got to find so, the right saddle. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going up to the bike shop again today. Uh, I've also got to do on the other three to four hours either riding my bike at a lower rate, but between 100 and 109. Okay, on the other days, right? Hours. On the opposite days yeah. that you're not spinning. Okay. Yeah, but I've taken up um, Zumba. Oh. Uh, so for seniors, they reckon, but geez, <laughs> I'm moving. <laughs> I was yeah, going to so say. I, uh, 
Senior or not, Zumba is going to have you moving. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that way it'll, I can mix it up a little bit, you know, because just sitting on the bike is boring. Well, sure. And I also do Pilates uh, once a week as well. So I'm hoping with that combination uh, and I'm going to start charting it next week, mm-hmm. uh, seriously charting what my heart rate is for every ride and that's so that I can give the feedback to the um, physiotherapist when I go back. Yeah, that's very smart. And I think you have a very nice mix of things so that you'll keep that that boredom factor down. Yes. Which is why many people stop doing the exercise because they do get bored. So this is great. So now, will you be tested again down the track? Yes, in about eight weeks, uh, thereabouts, uh, to see if there's any change and then they'll reset my program again. Um, and I believe they'll then give me eight weeks of programs and it'll slightly change all the time then. Well, I'm hoping for some really good news. And I uh, thank you so much, Joanne. Your story has been really enlightening. There's no doubt that you're going to help a lot of other people in your situation to know what testing could be available in their area to ask about it and what they can expect from it. I would really like to check in with you down the track and see how you're doing. Would that be okay? Would you come back again? Yeah, not a problem. Great. Well, I will look forward to it, Joanne, and I look forward to hearing about your success. And it's so important to hear about all the issues you faced and what you can do about them to stay empowered and move on. Here on the Beyond Bariatric Surgery podcast, we're all about your success. We want to give you as many tools as we can to help you out. Remember, we run the self-development courses regularly. Check the website, beyondbariatricsurgery.com, to see what's available right now. Beyond Bariatric Surgery is produced in Don- by Practicalories LLC, all rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the hosts, Great Ideas in Nutrition, or Practicalories, LLC.